Hello, everybody. My name is Kenton DeYoung, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Dylan Fairman. Ayo! And this is Unsolved Canadian Mysteries. Kenton, I don't know if you can see this, but I have a beautiful view behind me. Do you? What do you have behind you? What do you see? I, I got a lake, and there's, like, trees and oh. moving water. It's definitely the heat of summer. Oh, it's not It's not summer where I am. It's cold. Yeah. Dark. Well. Sorry. Freezing. End of January. Wish I was over there. <laughs> hey. Six we got weeks. an extra room over here in uh, California. I was thinking the other day, almost January's almost over, then February, and then it's March, mm. and then it's April. And then, we're, <laughs> then we're, yeah, that's I, how wow. it goes, right? You're, get, you're doing really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's over. The winter's, winter's over. Not, oh, okay. I everything. see where you're going with that yeah. now. I thought we were just listing off just, months. Uh, after January, you know, February, and then March, and April, and May and June. Yep. Yeah. All right. So our last uh, episode we put out uh, was about the Falcon Lake incident. Yeah, with the uh, with with those bears. Yeah, we got a couple comments. Pretty positive. One person said that apparently, if you go out there, uh, they do tours of on horseback. You can go to the location where it happened. Ooh, on horseback. That's kind of cool. And the other one was uh, my mom. She was comments when she was growing up in in '67. There was a similar incident in her hometown. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. That same year, something else happened like that. I don't have any connection though. If there's any reports on that, there's actually a website you can look and see all like the recent and archived UFO reports in Canada. Oh, really? It's extensive. Extensive. It's extensive. Wow. Like updated, I would say almost daily. That's so, cool. Yeah, it's cool, but it, you know, it's a lot if you want to. It's not just like a little sit down and look at this. It's like you got to sit down and read. <laughs> it's an event. Yeah. So cool website. But yeah, that was one of the comments we got. Uh, like the one guy on Twitter uh, guessed it was the Falcon Lake incident. So good, good on him. Yeah, we got some comments on our shorts. I can't remember any in particular. Oh, no, there was the one. It was the, it was the one about the spider. If you guys watched, there's this one where. <laughs> Kenton talks about this Peruvian. Yeah, yeah. Peruvian. It, it was a mysterious webs that were found, and it looks like a fence around an area. Um, and then this one person was like, just Googled it. Those were eggs. So how is this a mystery? And then, and then I commented, well, that, that spider is still out there. I didn't know they solved it. Good. I'm glad when they solved one of <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> Just like he's just like got him. <laughs> this one's solved. It happens. It happens. <laughs> so check us out on uh, TikTok. Check us out on uh, YouTube, Instagram. Putting them out out there everywhere. Yeah. So what do you got? So tonight's mystery. I thought it'd be kind of cool to do another true crime. Ah. Uh, this one's actually pretty recent. 2017. Wow, that is very recent. Wow, yeah. great, Kenton. I can't wait to hear all these comments we're going to get. All the great, Please continue. All the great feedback, yeah. All right, so this is the the mystery of the Sherman murders. Sherman. There's two of them, two murders, two people died. So we'll talk about Barry, the husband, first. So you actually might have heard about this when it happened, 2017. We'll start our story with Barry Sherman. Barry Sherman was an orphan after his mother and father died. His, his mother... Uh, died first and then his father died of a heart attack he was an orphan and went to go live with his uncle he was a smart kid he was 10 years old when he went to live with his uncle he was a smart kid graduate high school at 16 he went to MIT graduate top of his class and while he's living with his uncle he was working at his uncle's company which was called Empire Laboratories Empire Laboratories Empire Labs I guess we could call it uh, it makes generic versions of pharmaceutical drugs so let's say imagine you're going drugstore and you want to buy a Tylenol, Empire would sell a version of Tylenol that is more generic, so it's cheaper. Tylenol. 
But yeah, 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 right? Same kind of deal, cheaper manufactured, cheaper to sell. And they've already gone through all the Health Canada guidelines and all that, so we know it's already safe to consume. So uh, it was just, it's a, it's a it's a knockoff version of the higher class drug, okay? Badville. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, sure. Got Badville. Instead of Advil, you get it? Yeah, sure. Subtractville. Ad- okay. Kenting. Oh, sorry. So... <laughs> so in October of 1965, uh, Lewis, that was the uncle, uh, he died of a stroke. 17, prior, 17 days prior to that, uh, his wife also died. Mm. This then put Empire Labs in the hands of Barry. Barry was young. I don't think he was even 20 at the time. Maybe he was <laughs> just 20. <laughs> but they couldn't give Empire Labs to the kids, the kids of Lewis and his wife, because they were all under the age of 10. So Barry became the owner of this pharmaceutical company. Uh, He would eventually sell Empire in 1967, so only two years later. In 71, he'd get married to a woman named Honey. Mm. And in 1974, he'd set up his own company called Apotex. Apotex, same idea. They make generic drugs of the ones that are already on the market. Now this idea of taking a drug on the market and then producing a dumbed-down version or a knockoff version of it is great for the consumer, they can then buy cheaper drugs, and Big Pharma doesn't get the money, but Big Pharma companies don't like that because they are losing billions of dollars on generic brand uh, pharmaceuticals. Now, he considered himself like a Robin Hood. You know, he's taking the money that would otherwise go to the rich people, and he's taking it, he's keeping it in Canada, keeping it for himself, but he's also donating a lot of money out, right? Sure. So he's thinking of himself as Apotex, as like the Robin Hood of the industry, going up against the big pharmaceutical companies, against Big Pharma. But others think of him more as like a snake. Barry was very aggressive in his sales tactics, and Barry went to court a lot. That's kind of how he did his business. People would sue him for making these products, and then he would countersue. They say at, later in his life, when he was at his near the end, he was usually have about 10 court cases going at the same time with different different pharmaceutical companies, different people. He was always in the courtroom. So that's, just, that's how we did business, right? Because a pharmaceutical company maybe can't put their product out there if there's a court case going on right now. So that if they drag it on against Apotex Lab, they're losing billions. Now, is that amount they're losing greater than or less than the amount they'll lose if this generic product comes on the market? That, that can be a big thing. And these court cases, these can go on for years, right? Apotex Labs was like the underdog fighting against Big Pharma and was a, quite a, a thorn in their side. Okay, like he went against companies like Pfizer, Moderna, those kind of things, like the big guys, right? Yeah. And Apotex Labs, they're just a Canadian company, a big Canadian company, but just a Canadian company. As his company grew and as he became more and more wealthy, he believed that they were going to eventually plot against him. Something was going to happen to him to, to take him out. One thing he thought was going to happen was that they're going to plant uh, child porn on his computer or on his vehicle, get him arrested, or they're going to put cocaine in his car make a big controversy out of it, right? Uh, he also believed that some of his employees were spies for the other pharmaceutical companies. So he was always very paranoid and very cautious about that. He also said once, I think it's to a relative or someone in the company, a close person in the company, that he wouldn't doubt if he had a bounty on his head and that, you know, you could easily get someone to take someone out for $1,000. He said there was probably someone out there who was arranging to take him out for a small amount of money. Hmm. So this is like movie stuff. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. So in 2000, by 2017, uh, Barry was ranked the 15th wealthiest person in Canada. 
So a little bit like a Robin Hood, but if Robin Hood had like a golden throne that he sat on, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he's he's keeping, you know, he's offering out these cheaper generic uh, pharmaceutical drugs, but he's making a lot of money off of these things, right? Too, especially in the courtroom. He's throwing gold coins while he drives by in his Tesla. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty gold much. coins. Pretty much. Now, some say he's a 15th wealthiest, some say he's a 12th wealthiest. It really doesn't matter at that point. You're up there, right? He has a lot of billions floating around. But he's also known as being very uh, kind and generous, and he donates a lot of his money to nonprofits, to charities. So he is a, he's like a duality of man. He's both very generous, but also very mean and strict and hard to work with. And now both Barry and Honey were Jewish, and they're big members of the Jewish community. And this comes back later in the story. I'm not just mentioning because the heck of it, but it does come back later in the story. They were very powerful, influential people in the Jewish community. But Barry didn't consider himself to be Jewish um, at all. He considered himself to be more atheist, but he's still a member of the Jewish community, probably because Honey was a, a big member of the Jewish community. So in December of 2017, a few things were happening in Barry's life. Barry, the whole Sherman family life. The first thing is that they were selling their mansion in Toronto and they're planning to build a new mansion in Toronto. Get a lot of money, he's building a new mansion, you know? And they're also selling their house in New York. And the one in New York that they were selling for, which I think was smaller than the one that they're selling in Toronto, they're selling it for $7 million. So these guys, they have a lot of money going around, right? You can still sell their house for $7 million, it's not a big deal. At the same time, they're planning a trip down to Miami. And then uh, after that, they'll hop over to Israel. Honey was going to go first, first to Miami, and then Barry's going to meet her in Miami. Then they're going to go over to Israel. Probably, I imagine, do some business in Israel because Israel has a big pharmaceutical industry and because they were Jewish. So, I yeah. mean, why, why not? Right. Yeah. Why not? Now, they had also just lost a $580 million lawsuit and had to pay back uh, damages. This led to some cutbacks in the company, and Barry had to do a, a round of layoffs in the company, and he was working on doing a second round of layoffs. The events that are going to unfold, some people wonder if maybe this lawsuit had kind of some kind of impact on what happened. But Barry lost lawsuits. Barry won lawsuits. Um, you know, yeah, it's a big one, $580 million. But it wasn't that big on his on his checkbook, right? Because he has so much money. It's somewhere between $20 and $40 billion. So $580 million, it's not, not that much, right? He didn't lose that much. And he might just make more of it in another lawsuit. So he lost that one. The other hand... He doesn't want another lawsuit uh, against uh, Kerry Winters. And Kerry Winters comes back, back into this again. He, he won the lawsuit, and then he did a counter lawsuit in which he wants Kerry Winters to pay him $8 million. We're going to talk more about that lawsuit in a bit. At the same time, he had, uh, quite a things going on. He requested his son to repay him back 50 to $60 million that he loaned out for his business, but he also agreed to lend out an additional $6.7 million. So he's like, yeah, if you pay me back the $60 million you owe me, I'll give you another $6 million. A lot of money changing hands with this guy. Lawsuits won, lawsuits lost, selling his house, is going on a trip. That's Barry uh, Sherman for you, okay? That's mm -hmm. the Sherman family. So, December 13th, 2017, Barry and Honey uh, met at Apotex to discuss building plans for the new home. Uh, after they discussed it for a little while, Honey then left. She drove home first, and then Barry left a couple hours later and also went home. After they got home, Barry sent off some emails, as it usually does when he gets to work, and then was quiet. Typically, Barry is has insomnia and he's up at all hours of the night. Phone calls, emails, that kind of thing. So for him to go quiet, some, something happened. He's either sleeping or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But then what's more odd is that the next day, he didn't show up for work. He's the CEO of this company. So, I mean, he doesn't have to come to work, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> Who's going to get his case, do right? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, he can do whatever he wants, but he didn't show up to work that day. Um, which, is, no. which is a little bit out of, out of the ordinary. Uh, so the next day, the cleaner comes in and she notes that the alarm didn't go off. And she's been working there for three years now. Uh, it's never happened before, but she's like, okay, well, I guess I just have the alarm set, unset, right? So she walked around the house. Everything was fine. It was clean, tidy. 
not a, nothing had happened not that she could see. She cleaned up everything that she needed to be cleaned and she left. The one place she didn't go was downstairs uh, into the basement. This is because, uh, one, they had just painted the basement and it's filled with fumes and they were airing it out, having the windows open down there to get all the air out. Again, it's in December, so I don't know why they use a fan, but whatever, they had the windows open to air out the basement. And also because she has bad knees, so she didn't want to go down the stairs into the basement just to go back up, you know? Yeah. It's all good. Right. I read another piece that said the gardener also came in, did his thing, left, didn't go downstairs in the basement because he had no reason to. A couple hours later, because, again, this house is for sale, the realtor shows up, and they're taking two people on a tour of the house to kind of show them around. They show them the different rooms, the kitchen, living room, all those rooms. Everything's great. They love the house. They think they want to buy it. But then the realtor says, hey, let's go to the basement and I'll show you the pool. So they go down the basement to the pool and that's where they find the bodies of Barry and Honey Sherman with belts around their necks tied up to railings at the pool. Uh, they were, uh, they were uh, strangulated. That's not right. Strangulated? Strang- strangulated? That seems right. Yeah. They were belted. <laughs> strangulated. I'll say it. They were strangulated by belts on some of the metal bars to the pool. Naturally, in in the tradition of the people who are buying the house, it's bad luck to buy a house with a dead body in it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, what about, like, fresh? Yeah. That's right. really bad it's luck. It's bad luck. It's definitely not a good omen. Yeah. So uh, they weren't interested anymore for the house, and the realtor called the police, which makes sense. <sighs> oh, God. So police uh, showed up, investigated what they could, and this is the Toronto Police Department, and um, they determined it was a murder-suicide. The first Barry killed Honey and then killed himself. And this happened five years ago. Yeah. So they, they quickly they spent a couple of weeks on the case. They determined this was the cause of it, and it was open shut. This is what happened, and it's over, right? But the family, the kids, uh, didn't really like this story because like, Barry loved his wife, and he had a lot of stuff going on right then. Like, it, yeah, he lost that lawsuit. Like, he just had to talk to his son about returning some money. He, they were planning a trip. Like, they're building a new house. Like, he obviously wasn't in the mindset to take himself out, right? So his son, Carrie, then goes out. It hires a private investigator to look into wait, this case some wait, more. Barry's son's name is Carrie? Yeah. 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 Okay, resume. Yeah, Barry's son's name is Carrie. Uh, and Carrie uh, gets, a hire, gets a private investigator to look into this, and the PI comes back after a little while and says, this was definitely a double homicide. This was no murder-suicide. This was a double homicide. So he takes what his findings are back to the police, and the police change their mind. Yeah, it's a double homicide, and they change how it is, and now it's an investigation. Wow. It's been like a month now since this has happened. Oh, since that specific thing's happened. Yeah, because the police said it was wow. a murder-suicide, and then they had another PI investigate it, and then they changed their mind. Okay. So there's a lot of talk, like, how did the police mess this up so badly? Why did they want to shut down this case so quickly? And the argument is here, that the police said, is that they don't have a lot of high-profile murder cases. This is Toronto. This is, like, the second biggest city in the country. <laughs> they yeah. don't have high-profile murder cases? What the, what's going on in Toronto? That's not, you know, so great over there. We just don't have uh, crime here, bud. It's pretty, pretty chill. <laughs> well, you'd think this is a big one. Bring in the RCMP. Bring in the FBI. Like, this is a big guy that just got knocked out. You know, don't just say, oh, yeah, murder-suicide. We're good. We're done here. Everyone's busy in Cabbage Town. <laughs> I guess with the Cabbage Town monster looking yeah. into that guy. Yeah. Yeah. This, was, this happened in 2017. The PI said it was double homicide. The police also declared it was double homicide. The investigation continues. It's been five years now. No one's been charged. The progress on the case is stalled. The Sherman family is offering $35 million to anyone who has any information on the murders. So, Dylan, I put together a list of suspects. We're going to go through them. Okay. And if we're we're right... going to get us killed. We'll make $35 million is what we're going to get out of this. Yeah. 
You ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's about six suspects. So, you know, once we're done, we'll discuss who you think did it. And I, you'll like some of them, I promise. All right. Okay. I like some? You'll what like, do you mean you'll, I like You'll some? like them. You'll like some of these. Like, I've, I know them? No. <laughs> no, I hope not. All right. So the first one up is Big Pharma. You know, that's a given, right? He already said that he felt Big Pharma was threatening him. He already made Big Pharma lose a lot of money, yeah. billions of dollars. He already thought that there were spies following him. He already thought they were planting evidence to take him out, right? Yeah. And the idea here is that, yeah, he lost that $580 million lawsuit to Big Pharma. But in a month or so, he's going to just sue them again, right? He might win that one. So, like, what is this $580 million? It's, it's, it's nothing. It's going to come back to his hands eventually. Uh, so the idea is here that, yeah, he lost the court case, but now they're going to take him out. So that is the end of it, right? That was the idea. Right. Uh, so that's kind of the big one. Big Pharma hired someone to take him out. He thought that was going to happen anyway. He predicted it. That's an, it's an, it's an easy suspect. But then who do you charge, right? How do you go about doing that? You don't. That's the, the end of it. So that's the first suspect that it was a big pharmaceutical company took him out. But it's a weird way to die, right? You get strangulated by a belt, by a pool. You think a pharmaceutical company would like, oh, use some kind of drug to do it, right? Well, it, look, that, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, a, that's like literally the worst thing we can use Kenton like okay. oh the drug company <laughs> killed him with a drug yeah okay actually yeah yeah the best thing would be like I don't know like a inflatable bouncy house or something yeah something I wouldn't think it was them okay yeah I can see that I can see that suspect number two is Carrie Winters I mentioned Carrie Winters earlier we'll talk a bit more about Carrie Winters so when Barry inherited Empire Laboratories he grew distant from the Winters children so the Winters are like um Louis Winter, Louis Winter, he was the one who owned Empire. Okay, so okay. he was the uncle. Uh, so when his when his parents both died, uh, the Winters' children were orphans, and they struggled in life. Barry could have helped them out a bit, mm. right? But he didn't. <laughs> he, he got distant. He did his own company. I mean, he closed the company down. He got married. Like, he was older than them, and there was no real connection there, right? But he could have done something. When he took over Empire Labs, one of the things it said was that five percent of the, the company's estate or the profits of the company should go to each child for a total of 20% because there, there was four children. And that didn't happen. He didn't give that 5% to them when he sold the company uh, or when he started up Apotex Labs or anything like that. He never gave the 5% to, the, to them. So um, one of them, uh, Carrie Winters. Uh, Carrie, um, oh, wait. Did I get Carrie mixed up? I did. It's okay. Carry on. <laughs> I see what you did there. With the Carrie Berry thing. Carry on. Okay. Carry on. So um, so one day, uh, Carrie, one of the Winter's children, gets older. He gets involved with cocaine and drugs, and he's going through a tough time in the, in the law. And Barry brings him in and says, um, your family, I want to help you out. I want to do something for you. Uh, I have all this money. How can I help you? What do you want to do with your life? And he says, I want to start up a like a company that fixes and flips homes. And Barry says, okay, sure. So he starts giving him money to start up this company. He he finds investors. He brings in money himself. And, and Carrie's company takes off. And he does very well. Every once in a while, though, he needs money. And, and Barry's happy to give him money. And he kind of starts building up his company. So at one point during this 10 years of Barry helping Carrie's company, they had a private, private conversation one day. And Barry told Carrie that he needs his help. He said, I want you to take out my wife. And, on a date? And Carrie's like, what, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? And he says, I want you to kill my wife. I want you to kill honey. He says, are, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I am sure. He said, okay, well, I'm going to need some time to prepare for this. And he's like, okay, go right ahead. 
So a little while later, they have a phone call, and Carrie says, are you sure you want to go through with this? And Barry says, no, I had to change of heart. And Carrie says, okay, well, that's fine, but never ask me to do this again. So he, he was ready to go. He was ready to pull the trigger and make this happen, but but Barry pulled it. Barry called it off. So later, this is what Carrie would tell the police, right? That Barry did not like his wife. Oh, okay. Um, so they put this, he put Carrie on a... Um, lie detector test to tell this whole story again came back as false of course that holds no weight in court lie detector tests do not change a court opinion or have any kind of weight like but it does say you know the lie detector determined this was a fake um story plus he's probably on cocaine right yeah you also have to remember who it is right after 10 years of barry helping carry out with his company carry finally asks barry why are you so helpful like <laughs> i appreciate the eight million dollars you've invested into my company but what's going on like what why like you didn't help me when i was a kid and now you're helping me when i'm an adult and he discovers the five percent thing that belonged to the empire laboratories i never got back to the kids uh so carrie took him to court said you owe me five percent of the money from empire laboratories and uh barry says no i don't so they go to court for 10 years to discuss this <laughs> for 10 years and at the end of the day they side with barry and they say, no, you don't owe Carrie any money because you closed down Empire Labs. Then you started up a new company, new contract. Uh, any profits you made out of Apotex Lab does not go towards the Winters family. So then, all right, cool. I guess uh, Carrie's not getting the money. But then Barry says, I want my $8 million back that was in the promissory that I lent you. The promissory is like someone gives you money, but they can ask for it back anytime. He asked for the $8 million back. And of course... Carrie doesn't have that kind of money. So at this point in the story, Carrie hates Barry and Honey. Hates them, right? They were great. Well, first they were absent, and then they were great, and then took them to court, and now they're really, there's a rift in the family, right? Yeah. Wow. So, so Carrie said, uh, he said it to the news, and it's, it's out there, that he wanted to kill Barry, and he didn't have a plan how to kill Barry. He wanted to go to Apotex Labs, hide behind some of the cars in the parking lot. When Barry comes out of the, of, of the, of the building, he's going to come up behind him with a knife, cut his throat, cut off his head, roll it down the driveway, and call the cops on himself. He was done with Barry. Uh, so this guy, he has some problems. He does not like Barry. So although Carrie had the means and the motive to kill these guys, uh, he says he didn't do it that day when they were killed um, in December because he was at home that day walking, watching Peaky Blinders and then went to Cocaine's Anonymous the night of the killing. So he has a bit of an alibi. All the motive, right? He even had a plan. Yeah. No, but See, what he should have done is written out January 21st as the date he was going to kill them. Because mm. then he'd be like, look, not even <laughs> scheduled to do this for another month. It wasn't me. I was going to do it next week. So when yeah. he got to him, actually, when, when they got the call that they had died, he said, Barry finally did it because of the story that Barry wanted to kill right. Honey, right? So he said, okay. Barry finally did it. And it's like, actually, well, Barry's dead too. So no. <laughs> Interesting. You paint a... Okay, I'm interested to hear some more. Okay. I'm surprised the first two are so compelling already. <laughs> yes, yes. So, we got the... These are the longest theories, by the way. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, usually our theories are pretty quick, mm -hmm. but the theories are longer than the story. <laughs> There's a lot of backstory with this guy. Suspect number three is Johnson Sherman. So, Johnson was one of the kids of Barry and Honey. Um... So Johnson is the one who ordered the private investigator. I think I misspoke earlier and said it was Carrie. It was Johnson that hired the private investigator. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That was my, my mistake. I got my, whoop, 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 whoop. my son's mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. It was Johnson. Uh, so Johnson hired the private investigator. 
to look into this, determine what had happened, why his parents were killed off. Um, Barry had uh, helped Johnson's company, of course, because you know you have billionaire father is going to help his son with his company, right? Yeah. And they have a storage uh, company business, so they rent out storage units. Uh, so a few weeks before the killing, uh, Johnson asked uh, for six million dollars to help with the company, and Barry said, "Yeah, sure, I'll give this money as long as you pay back the fifty or sixty million dollars I've already given you." Um, he also asked if uh, uh, Johnson would uh, help remortgage some of the storage units they have. I think because he wanted to take some of that mortgage money to help pay off the $580 million uh, lawsuit that they got, right? Mm. So that was kind of, he asked, like, yeah, sure, I'll give you this money, but you got to pay back the money you gave me, and we'll, we'll refinance some of your your mortgage. So the night of the killing, John, uh, Johnson is out at his house, and he takes a picture of his hand. It sounds kind of dumb, but he was doing something with the blockchain, and it had to be a verified picture taken at a certain time, certain location, so... He took a picture of his hand at 7.17 p.m. that night. Okay. And then took another picture the next day at 8.30 a.m. So that's where he was, according to you know the phone, the, the time on the picture, all that yeah. kind of stuff. See, my hands did not have any sort of killing materials in them at these times. Yes. Wasn't around. My hands are empty, right? <laughs> Therefore, I am innocent. And that's what, like, he said that to the police. And like, yeah, okay, so you were busy at 7.17, but, you know... We think he was killed sometime between 8 and midnight. So you could have just drove over there afterwards and then gone home. No, 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 no. Look at this picture. Clearly this shows my hand at 7. Right. So when confronted with this obvious flaw in his like story, he said, no, there's no way it could have been me because if... They were killed. They were killed by Hitman, which is a pretty suspicious thing to say for someone who doesn't know how they were killed, right? Yeah. Right. He said he wasn't responsible because he was on location and they were killed by Hitman. Well, then didn't that's even more so possible that you did it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once all the finances from Apotex got settled and the, the estate of the Shermans got settled, they like they interviewed Johnson later and he said like he owed his dad this money. He owed Apotex some money. But once everything was settled up, he was able to give his money back to Apotex and he said something like he claimed all of his debts were paid. So a lot of people think it was him that did it and they hired a hitman to get the money to pay off the debts. Mm, I see. So he's like everyone's favorite uh, suspect, but not my favorite suspect. I think his story is a little bit weak. He's a weird guy. He says some weird things, but I don't think he's a suspect. In my opinion, anyway. The next one, suspect number four, Barry made a lot of charitable donations when he was alive, including some to political parties. He, for example, he made some donations to the Liberal Party of Canada, okay, during their election campaign at that time. Uh, Honey didn't always approve of his uh, donations and who he was donating towards. And she was very vocal about some of those things. So during some house viewings, when she was taking people around the house talking about things, she would talk about how generous her husband was, but how she didn't approve of some of them. And one of the groups she didn't approve of him donating money to, she called them Muslim fundamentalists. And she said that if she was, if he wasn't donating so much money to the Muslim fundamentalists, the group would go bankrupt and they couldn't operate. That's a pretty big thing to say. And of course, it doesn't say what group it was. We don't know if uh, the Muslim Brotherhood or who it was, but you know, obviously she had some opinions of a group, right? Yeah. So the idea here is that somebody heard these comments, either that he was giving money to the some Muslim radical group or that she was against this happening and that it was this Muslim fundamental fundamentalist group, sorry, that uh. came back and took them out. Because when they found the bodies, her body... She had been hit on the face and had a bruise and some blood. And his body, besides being strangulated, was fine. So it was more like, it like an attack against her. Uh, so they're thinking perhaps 
this lured in a group, or if, could it be that this group knew that they were going to Israel and wanted to stop what kind of pharmaceutical dealings they were doing over there? That's one of the ideas. There was a terrorist organization or Muslim fundamentalist group that went after them. Now, the last one is my favorite theory. Aliens. No, it's not. All right. Can't tell. It's not aliens. It's not time. aliens. Not Come this on. time. No, no. All right. So this one. When they found the bodies of Barry and Honey, uh, they were strangled with a with a belt around their neck, but they had their arms and legs in a very odd position. And this position would mean nothing to the Toronto police, and it would mean nothing to the private investigators. But this position meant something to the kids because these this position of their bodies matched some statues in the house. The way they had their arms, they had the legs, it matched identical to these statues that they've had in the house since the 70s, since they got married. It was a gift from another individual to the family. And all the kids growing up in the house, they thought these statues were creepy. They did not like these statues. And these statues were actually in the basement too, sitting on a table, not that far away from the crime scene. So here's my theory. It's a little bit out there, but I'll tell you my theory. <laughs> okay. Okay. These, uh, Barry and Honey are Jewish. And they're being members of the Jewish community. And in Judaism, if someone is a practiced and talented rabbi, they can do some of the miracles that God did in Genesis. So in Genesis, God creates man out of clay. They say rabbis with proper training can also make creatures, beings out of clay. And these are called golems. Yes. Yes. The golems. Yes. yes. And there's a lot of stories in folklore, a lot of stories in Judaism of people, kings, rabbis, whatever, having golems. Either golems working in the house, cleaning and doing dishes, uh, golems to be messengers, golems to be soldiers, a lot of stories of golems, right, in the Jewish community. So I was thinking, there are these weird statues in this house that have been there for 30 years, since the 70s, right? 40 years, I don't know, long time. What if these were golems with the purpose of killing berry and honey in the way that they are made. These golems, you know, the way they have their arms, they have their legs, that's how they're programmed to kill somebody. Because they got these statues right after they got married and moved in the, and got, got together and started Apotex uh, Laboratories. So what if this was a paranormal or like a, like a, like a Trojan horse kind of deal? Okay. Where you give this gift to yeah. someone knowing statues, yeah. it's going to come back and get them. And then you can no way track this back to somebody, right? <clears throat> wow, Kenton. Let's do a true crime. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! I'm going to make it into a paranormal. Yeah. But these, the thing about these golems is that they're made out of, like, metal and plastic. These statues are made not out of stone. But I'm thinking, they didn't have metal and plastic like we do now when the Bible was written. So why not? You know, they can make things out of other materials. So those are my five suspects. <clears throat> wow. The Big Pharma. We got... Um, I'll go down my list. Carrie. We carry the, the, the nephew... The, the son. Sorry, the Carrie was the the cousin yeah. who didn't get the inheritance. We got uh, Johnson, the son. We got the Muslim fen- fundamentalists. Yeah. And we got the golems, the golem statues. I did my homework on these ones, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So you you're you're you like the golem one, but is there one you think is most likely, or are you saying the most likely one is the one you like? Hmm. It's the one. So they say when it's when there's too many options, it's usually the most simplest one. Yeah. Uh, Occam's razor or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah. And in this case, the pharmaceutical company, right? Because the big pharma. Because they were already doing stuff. And he already suspected them. He already thought they were going to kill him. They were going to plant things on him. And it ended up happening. 
no one was surprised when they got killed, right? Everyone said like there was going to happen eventually because of the game they were playing with the right. with Big Pharma. So that's probably the most likely one. But I like the Golem one. I think that's cool. The idea of someone planting this seed like 30 years ago to take them out. Maybe when they got too big. Maybe when they got too powerful or just on a clock. I like it. So, okay. He, what is the exact evidence that was determining, determining it to be a homicide? Do you know? There wasn't much. Okay. The, the, just the belts on the right. necks. There was no forced entry. The only way they could have got in, besides the doors, would be the windows in the basement were open because okay. they're airing out the basement. And the only kind of, like, they had security cameras. The only thing they picked anything up on was one of some guy walking past the property that night. But, I mean, that could just happen, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming the private investigator got some kind of evidence to change the police's opinion. That's true. But it's, yeah. besides that, I don't really see anything. Other than the fact that it'd be kind of hard to strangle yourself with a belt. Yeah, but I, I guess you could. I guess you could do it, right? Yeah. So that's. Well, I'm just saying. In reality, if if the police are convinced now, then I guess the most likely thing is probably what you're saying, or the nephew. Like I'm actually more towards the nephew than Big Pharma, because it's just it's just too easy just mm-hmm. to say, oh, the the trillion dollar company wants to kill them, so gets the profit margin higher, whatever. Yeah, as opposed to the the nephew Carrie. Yeah, or your cousin. I'm sorry, the cousin, cousin Carrie, who lost the money, lost a lawsuit, and has to has to pay up eight million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, and he also said like he wants to kill them. Yeah, yeah, right. And he was planning to kill. Yeah, according to him. Yeah, and cocaine. Yeah, but he's on cocaine anonymous, you know, which I learned that was a thing from this research. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's a good thing. Good for it. The uh, fundamentalist. Yeah. That one doesn't make too much sense to me. Because okay. Just just because, wh- why would they get rid of him if that's where they're getting their money from? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. sure, her, cool, but him. Yeah. And then um, the golem one's dope. I like it. It's a good one. Yeah. I like it. Creativity. I like I like your your uh, association though, saying the Trojan horse. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Jewish Trojan horse. I like. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, it's either one of the relatives. That would be mm. my thought. Yeah, but it 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 could be big pharma too. That's cool. I forgot to mention a piece of uh, Johansson's story. I'm sorry. So after he got the PI into it, one of the I think it was a sister, Alexis, didn't want anything to do with him anymore because she was convinced he had killed them. Right. But. On what grounds other than getting a PI? Like, if I'm going to commit a crime, I'm not going to yeah. hire someone yeah. to find me, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's... Worked out. <laughs> I'm going to prove how good I am at getting away with crime. Yeah, yeah. So that one, yeah, again, the son, the story doesn't fit to it. The nephew, or oh, I think it's the nephew, the cousin one, I feel has the most ground. He already... Although, that is something someone high on cocaine would do. I'm going to hire... <laughs> A private investigator to see if I did it correctly. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna go with the uh, with the cousin, Gary? Or pharma. Okay. Uh, okay. Infiltrated via tainted substance in the home, which made him go crazy, and he they did it over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So he more and more wanted to kill his wife, more and more and more, and then he finally just did it, and then strangled himself, and that's actually what happened. Could have been something in the paint. 
The paint. And the paint at the basement. Yes. Yeah. And it's just over time. Yeah. Going down there, breathing in the fumes. Yeah. Having hallucinations. Yeah, because you're going to just like, oh, it's just the chlorine. I've been breathing too much chlorine from the pool. That's why I feel like this. Mm-hmm. 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 See, I'm going with Muslim, fin- Muslim fundamentalists hmm. and golems. I'm going that way. Wow, you're going complete opposite of me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think we both agree that everyone else thinks it's the sun, and we both say, no, it's not him. Hmm. Yeah, probably just, not. Just a guy. Just a guy. Just the sun. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the hiring the thing. just. So, to this day, this case remains unsolved, and there's a $35 million reward for people who can solve it. Do you think we solved it tonight? No. <laughs> okay. And I think if you go there saying that you want to speak to the plastic statue, they will think you're nuts. Okay, okay. That was my best one. <laughs> that was, I was going with that when you walked in. I walked in like, hey, he's going to like this, the golem one, and I'm going to roll with the golem one. Hey, I didn't say I don't like it. I just, <laughs> it's not going to hold water. I think there's a lot of golem stories out there. I think it'd be good to do some shorts talking about golem stories. Dope. Yeah, yeah do so, that next time. So people who yeah. follow us on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, keep an eye out for those. They'll probably see some golem ones. And you'll be like, oh, I knew this was coming because I listened to that episode. Golem week. <laughs> we should do golem week. Yeah, golem week. It's like shark week, but with golems. <laughs> golem. So I think that's the end of it, man. Cool. Uh, thank you for thank you. Uh, thank you for this tonight. And this is a bit of a long one. Yeah, not really. True crime. I know people like true crime. Maybe we'll do a couple more. We like true crime. As long as it doesn't come back and yell at us afterwards. Yeah, yeah, we like true crime unless we get, like, uh, shunned by a lady. I I think in this case, though, it was billionaires getting killed off, so there's a little less... Yeah, exactly. um, A little less... um, What am I looking for? I don't know. Well, thank you so much, Dylan, for coming, for doing this tonight. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, my name is Kenton DeYoung. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Dylan Fairman. This has been Unsolved Canadian Mysteries.